What exactly happened in the Cavs versus Warriors game? How does this impact the potential finals rematch? Should the Cavaliers make a trade? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Live post-game show immediately after the Cavaliers and Warriors game. We're also going to be recording this as a podcast for tomorrow. And I I already muted that and it did mute. So why are we muting here? Okay, so thank you for joining us. Dave, uh, are you there? Can you hear us? Are you frozen? Uh, I'm here. Yeah, you are frozen again. Uh, I can as hear always. you. And I'm sure I'm frozen. Yep. Um, but you have a very nice smile on your face on the freeze frozen screen. So good. Uh, I like to be, just to send out a nice F you to Wirecast. Uh, can we do that? Is that OK? Uh, well, hang on. How about a let, let's give him an, an encouraging. Uh, hey, Wirecast, you have a great product, but let's fix it. Yeah, let's fix right? it. Let's, bug, let's in, and it's uh, it's they have really, a really good. It's a way. good product. But let's fix the problems in the new update. Right. That's and, what we need. And you might be unfrozen for a second, and uh, you're frozen for again. For a second. But we'll yeah, we'll fight right. through it. So we have that's this right. game we just watched, the rematch of the second game. We're only going to get two of these this year. And uh, the Warriors and the Cavaliers, I think I'm just going to throw this out there. The first thing I noticed, the first thing that jumped in my mind was uh, what happens when LeBron James goes out to start the second quarter. That seemed to be a really key. It was 35 all. And uh, I was really impressed. I thought the Cavaliers played as well as they played all year long. Uh, they actually were, I mean, there wasn't a lot of defense, but they were competing and they made it really difficult for the Warriors. And they extended that lead. They got a seven-point lead with LeBron on the bench in that you know, middle of the second quarter. And uh, that was really intriguing to, to me. Uh, what do you want to focus on? Well, I mean, I, I actually agree with you on that. I think they played really, really well when LeBron went to the bench. I, I love... Dwayne Wade in this Mono Ginobili leading the second unit role. I think it's, he's been amazing. That alley-oop that he threw to Jeff Green was shades of Miami with him and LeBron. I mean, it was just fantastic. Like, Dwayne Wade made a great steal in the open court um, on a uh, – Clay Thompson had slipped a screen, and Dwayne uh, read it from the corner and just had it, and Jeff Green, you know, hauled ass and got rewarded for it. And that's the kind of stuff from Dwayne Wade that we might have thought was, you know, three years ago, right? Like maybe that's the last time he was going to do it. But he's looked really good. And it's I actually tweeted this out. One of the things that I think is maybe undersold a little bit with Dwayne Wade is, you know, we talked about Manu and how good he looks at 40. Um, but his role is a lot less than what they're asking of Dwayne Wade. And we talk about LeBron, which, of course, at his age, 15 years in, his workload is just insane. But Dwayne Wade is... 36, 35. Mm -hmm. um, Sans meniscus. Yeah. And is looking amazing, rejuvenated. And I think that for the rest of his career, he should just hang out with LeBron. Uh, whatever he's doing right now is obviously working. Um, and, and, you know, it's nice to, to as at least for the stylistic difference in the game, you know, he works the mid-range and he still can finish around the basket. And I think that what he brings to, the, to that second unit is important. And, and we saw it tonight against the Warriors, which traditionally when LeBron's off the court, the Warriors are just running the Cavs off, off the floor. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. Right. 
Well, it, it wasn't as much of a disaster in this game because they were they had so many miscues in the open court. It felt like the Warriors had a lot of opportunities to score in the open court. Not a lot, but when they did have them, they threw the ball away or they missed easy shots or they just made bad decisions. And part of that goes to, you know, I just don't, for however much I really like Jordan Bell and however much I like Patrick McCaw, they're just not ready for prime time. However, Steve Kerr is probably excited because he's now given them some of that prime time experience that they hadn't had before. And now maybe they will grow from this. So when it does come time for the playoffs, they remember. But you can just see like McCaw steps out of bounds and, and Bell just won't won't attack and won't shoot. He's not good in the short roll. And they keep putting him in that position. And I know they want to get him some reps, but he's going to have to get in the gym or figure out how to make better, quicker decisions. Uh, and that could just be well, very well be expected. Experience. It might not be till next year or the third year, but um, right now that's a real Achilles. When they give him, they start him, and he gets good minutes. Um, they're going to need him to, to, do, to do better in that if they want to, you know, not be so cl- close in these games. Yeah, I like what they did with him tonight. I thought I thought it was important to get him the start. I think that that is one of those things. Uh, I'm talking about Jordan Bell. That's one of those things that for a rookie can have, you know, a huge impact on their confidence and whatnot. I mean, he only played 14 minutes tonight. Uh, and he was negative five. Uh, he was the only starter in in negative uh, numbers and plus minus. So obviously he was. I mean he was the least effective starter, but he is like you said a rookie. Right. Um, so I think from a confidence building standpoint, it was important. But you're right. He's going to have to tighten up his rotations. He's going to have to you know be quicker with his decision making with the basketball. Um, and, and it's one of those things that I think like Clint Capella is a good example of this of a guy who had just sort of clicked between last year and this year. Yeah. Right. Going into year four for him, it sort of clicked where he's actually able to make the read, hit the guy in the corner. And and Jordan Bell has shown a little bit of that. But tonight, you know, big spotlight, huge game, MLK day, you know, mm-hmm. d- there's a lot going on. And and I just think for a rookie, it might have been a little bit too much. You know who it wasn't too much for? Nick Young. <laughs> Nick yeah. Young into crunch time was insane. I mean, I don't know, like, I kind of key in on Nick, and he only had five points tonight. Um, but he was, uh, to me, like, the threat of him shooting the three in crunch time was something that they've kind of missed by playing Andre Iguodala so much. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be completely shocked if, uh, if he steals a few minutes here and there in the crunch time from Iguodala just because of the threat of the three. Okay. Um, you know, like, if Iggy's having an off night defensively, Maybe Nick Young gets some of those Iggy minutes because he's stout enough that he can hold up a little bit on defense. Um, but but the threat of the three just means so much to them. It does, and he does. I mean, he doesn't. He, he's one in a long line of uh, players on this team that really don't really have a sense of what a good three is. Doesn't really seem to matter to them. But man, they. I think Kevin Durant ha- holds the record this year for worst threes taken, like worst decisions for threes. He still shoots and makes them, but like they're just not great shots. Curry is up there, and even though I know he's the greatest shoot three three point shooter I've ever seen, but man, there's like even for Curry, there's like six or seven percent of those he just shouldn't be taking. Uh, Clay also. I mean, it's kind of like it drives me a little bit nuts watching this because here's the thing: they are so good. If they just make the extra pass, like we know they can, then they'll get that even better shot. And you know, I'm going to argue but, against you. I'm going to argue against you. I think the threat of the Curry 30 foot jump shot 
unlocked so much stuff. No, in their it's, but it's not like the like not like the open thirty foot jump shot off the dribble when he comes down or whatever. It's the ones where the guy is like on his hip chasing him, and there's still twelve seconds on the clock, and it's a close game, and you know they they just need those. Or it's the clay catching it like shot fake, standing there waiting for like three seconds, and then just shooting it with no rhythm from. Those. I've never seen Clay miss one of those though. He's the only guy in the league who can shot fake, take the rhythm dribble, or not take the rhythm dribble, and still hit the shot. Like yeah. he's the only guy I've ever seen. Everyone else is zero percent. Right. And then Kevin Durant does the, the like the ISO threes, and he is just you know he's a good three point shooter. And on this team, with the way they move it and all the other gravity, he's uh, you know an elite three point shooter. But man, when he wants to go into ISO mode, thinking that you know we got to get something here, and he just jacks up a three. Those the and again they're not all out of them, but there's like eight or nine percent of them that they don't need to take. And they are, they're just, they just, they're good. They're just so good that they, it doesn't really affect them. And it's hard to, you know, that's just nitpicking at this point because they won kind of going away by 10 points. Uh, Nick Young in the second half got pretty much all his minutes. Didn't really get any run in the first half. And, uh, and yeah, he's dangerous, though, in both ways. He's dangerous to the defense because he can stretch it, but he can also shoot you out of it a little bit. And so uh, the only saving grace that I've seen in the last couple of years is that he has been putting out on defense a little bit more than he certainly had in the rest of his career. And that has been what keeps you know, Steve Kerr somewhat you know, confident that he can, he can be on the floor with them. Um, but let's just face it, they have a lot. They didn't have Omri Caspi that he would have helped tonight. Uh, as well, he would have gotten some good minutes, and he he does well in these situations. Right, uh, but they then chose he, to have him not uh, have him inactive. They chose to have him inactive. Yeah, okay. So they didn't, you know, either way. So that changes the dynamics too when we go into the playoffs. What do you think about Isaiah Thomas? I mean, I I, I think he looks like a guy coming back from missing, you know, six months, uh, or I guess it was like seven or eight months actually. Um, uh, I think he still looks a little rusty, looks a little slow, doesn't quite have the burst that we're used to. Um, but also, you know, he, he's shown flashes here and there. Uh, the, the it LeBron pick and roll is something that I've, I've really been focused on for like the last month or so Mm -hmm. since I knew I, uh, Thomas was coming back. I've compared it to the Curry, uh, KD pick and roll. Obviously it's not as potent. That is probably the most potent play in the NBA. Um, but what I will say is LeBron's improved shooting from three, and obviously LeBron being just so fantastic as a role man going to the basket. Um, IT's ability to finish in traffic and his ability to shoot the three off the pick and roll, that's that's going to be a guaranteed bucket for them, or as close as, as there is in the league, once he's back in shape. But I just don't think he's in shape yet. So I'm not going to – I won't judge IT on, on what I saw tonight. Um, I think it's – I mean, he's, this is only like game four or something – since he's returned from injury. So I think it's too early to tell. And, and again, you know, like I know the Cavs have lost eight of 10. I don't, I'm not that concerned yet that they're playing the long game for sure. And it sucks as analysts because, you know, like we see the defensive stuff and I, they're not going to fix these defensive problems. They didn't do it last year. Right. But their offense is going to be so good that it makes up for a lot of these problems. So, and I'm not, I'm still not saying that they're, they're guaranteed to go to the finals. Although LeBron is as close to a guarantee as you can get, right? I'm not going to bet against him. Um, but with that being said, I, I don't think that you can judge Isaiah Thomas by the way he played tonight. I, I don't know if that's how he's going to play in the finals. Um, but again, like I also saw, you know, he had a he had an ISO opportunity on KD, and that's just not going to work out well for Isaiah Thomas at all. That that is just going to be a disaster. 
um, a seven footer with that kind of like lateral quickness and, you know, those arms, you know, it's a disaster for him. I mean, the Warriors are like probably the worst team in the league for him to match up against being, you know, my height. Um, it's just <laughs> it's not a good look uh, right. against the Warriors. Oh, I agree. And I think that um, I, I was kind of curious. I mentioned this on Twitter where I'm, I, I want to know what um, what it might look like or what Isaiah's uh, three point percentages is, is like within the when he checks in the game, like how quickly when he's cold, does he warm up and can he make those shots? Because to me, like if you have the hip issues and you need to get warmed up, that might be tough. And he missed one pretty badly coming in the game that way. So to me, that was like, hmm, that's an interesting thing that he might have to just deal with the whole time he's out there, which is really going to be rough. But um, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I really like those little, those interesting pick and roll pairings that we see, those non-traditional ones. So you got guys like, you know, KD and Steph, which they do a lot of now, especially out top without any kind of movement. Uh, you have LeBron and Isaiah are definitely up there as well. Uh, so I think I might do a video on that too, and just sort of spotlighting some of those really interesting uh, pick and rolls because it does make it very difficult for the defense. And I, I, you're right. Now, Isaiah didn't shoot very well at all. And in fact, I have the um, stats up here. I'm going to try and pull up in one second full screen so we can all see it. But um, the idea being that, um, let's see here, if I do this, and I go like that. There we go. We have the stats nice and hopefully kind of big enough. And let's see if you guys can see this. But, um, oh, guess what? There's no audio when I do that. For, forgive me. I forgot. There's no audio. I'll deal with that later. Anyway, the point being that Isaiah didn't shoot that well. He was, uh, four, uh, sorry, 8 for 21. Now, Dwayne Wade was 5 for 14. And that's simply not going to cut it at all when you have those two guys shooting high volume uh, and not making uh, that, or missing that many. So I know that you mentioned that Dwayne Wade looked good, uh, and he did at times. He did look good almost on, on uh, defense as well, but there were a lot of times where he didn't look good either, and he didn't finish well. Uh, so that's what you're going to get with him. It's just going to be up and down, up and down, and they're just going to have to figure out that sweet spot and that sweet spot of minutes where they can get the, the most positive way they can. Yeah. I, look, it's, it's a tough matchup. I mean, the Warriors are by far the best team we've ever seen assembled as far as um, you know, both, I mean, both sides of the basketball, they're the best offensive team of all time. And defensively, they're not slouches in the slightest. So, um, they were never going to, I mean, the Cavs were never going to be a really good matchup for them. And you, you know, you hope that it can, can perform well enough that, uh, you know, it, it sort of lessens the gap, but I don't, I still think like it was 118, 108 tonight. Um, the Warriors didn't look like they really took it seriously until the fourth quarter. Right. Uh, you can tell that when you look at the some of the sloppy turnovers and things like that. So it's it's still not close. And and I hate to be that you know negative about it, but it it just isn't. Like let's just be real. Right. Um, and, we and know that, what this is. And it's not. We're not hating on the Cavs. I mean, again, I want to I want to throw out a lot of kudos to them. They played really really hard. And LeBron was great, and he played defense well, really well too, as well. You know, this they were in focus. This was their finals version, kinda. And again, this is what's going to happen probably in the finals is they'll have games that could be closed for a while, and then eventually the talent will separate them. Uh, and then eventually, you know, the way they, you know, the, the Warriors actually execute their offense very well as well. It's not just the talent, but they certainly will will help in the long run. And in the seven game series, it certainly will. Uh, but I, I will say this. This is the Cavs team that when they play like that, like, yeah, no one in the East will beat them. Yeah. That, now, that's 100% true. Um, if they can play like they did tonight, they are, they are probably the second or third best team in basketball. So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being very, very, very good. 
yeah. right? It doesn't mean that they're garbage. It doesn't mean that, you know, like we're not tainting, you know, to, LeBron is not tainting his legacy or anything like that. Um, it's just, it's tough, man. The Warriors are just so good. Like you've got four really great players and they have put together a ton of really great role players that accentuate the gifts of those four guys. And it's just, I mean, it's tough, man. Yeah, stuff. We, we, let's go to a question we have in the um, in the comments over on Periscope. First. Actually, I got a really great great question on Twitter before we jump to Periscope. All right, hit it. Uh, it's from Aaron. It's uh, if thou canst tell, which is funny. Um, how do you think Curry did offensively, considering his history against the Cavs? So I just wanted to take this as an opportunity to sort of dispel the, a myth. Curry has not really been bad against the Cavs. He probably should have been the MVP in that first championship run right um and and you know got got hosed a little bit on that uh but the way that the Cavs defend him is they send a double really early and he gives the ball up which is what he's supposed to do and he lets his teammates play four on three so um tonight you know he was uh uh four of eight from three eight of 15 overall uh 23 points eight assists a couple of steals four rebounds plus 13 on the night um I'd say that was a very good game, like very, very good. And what he what he opens up for the for the Warriors is so important because of that double and his his willingness to give the ball up almost immediately. He doesn't mess around, try to try to split the trap or anything like that. He gives it up and then he hustles to a spot so he might might get an open shot. But I think that what he does offensively is just it's it's one of these things where. If you're a fan of basketball and you only watch the ball, it is very hard to understand the impact that Curry has, right. in particular against teams that trap him super high and early. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's go on another question here because Dougie Fresh, I don't know where it went, but uh, he asked a question on here, wherever you are, uh, and he wanted to know about DeAndre Jordan. And I was thinking about this because we talked about this like two or three times uh, in the last whatever month about whether or not the Cavs should trade for him. And I kind of had an epiphany. I wanted to check the stats real quick because so Kevin Love uh, is a problem in this matchup. He was five for nine from the field, so there were moments where he was really hurting the Warriors. And when they were at their best, it was when he was hitting threes. He was three for five from three, seventeen, but he was a negative twelve. Um, and I just feel like it's frustrating to watch because defensively he doesn't. He's the real weak link. He's just and he's by the way part of it is just he's just too slow. And he's probably kind of beat up. His knees are probably on the way to being shot at this point. I mean, I know he's not. Is he 30 yet? Um, I don't think he's 30 yet. He kind of runs like he's 30, 32, right? He's just the way he runs. But either way, I started thinking, you know what? Like, 29. If, you were, if you could replace Kevin Love with DeAndre Jordan, suddenly you got a much faster, much better athlete, a guy that can block shots above the rim because certainly Love doesn't make any plays anywhere around the rim generally. Although I wanted to give him credit. He had that one sequence where he pressured Curry into an air ball beautifully. And then another, right before that, he kept him in front and knocked the ball away. So that was an, an amazing possession for him. But, like, they don't get that hardly at all. And then when they, mostly what right. they get is just pointing fingers and looking at him with their hands in their hips when they, the other team scores a lot. So I'm thinking that, you know what, if they really wanted to make a run and try and beat the Warriors in the finals, they need to trade him. I mean, possibly. I also think he might be their most valuable trade piece beyond the the Nets pick. Yeah. Okay. So that might be a reason to trade him. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like 
I think part of what we saw where he was effective offensively has to do with them using uh, Jordan Bell to guard him. I would have just put Clay Thompson on him because uh, they had Clay guarding Isaiah Thomas, and I actually think that Curry is suited for that matchup, like without much trouble. Um, and I, I just would have put I would have put Clay on him. And then use Bell on I don't know Jay Crowder or something like that because Jay Crowder is not gonna not gonna be able to body up in the post the way that Kevin Love was and we saw it a little bit I mean Kevin Love is super strong uh, especially posting up right so why do you want Clay on him well because Clay actually can defend him in the post Jordan no, Bell is only like two hundred twenty five pounds yes no, he, he can't. can't hold on Nick no. Nick, Nick are you telling he would Did back you not him watch? down he would shoot that jump hook no over way him. we saw it in the finals. We saw it in the finals. Clay Thompson. No, we saw Kevin Durant being able to handle. No, Clay Thompson could handle Kevin Love on switches, on, on post ups and stuff like that. Oh, you're, you're gonna have to show me some of that footage. I'm, all right, I'm gonna have to dig up. Now I gotta dig up that's video. That's fake news to me. I'll have all to right. look that up because I don't remember that at all, and I just know that like look look how he was able to back down Jordan Bell, who was you know much Jordan stronger. Bell is. No, I don't think Jordan Bell is stronger than than Clay. Well. If Jordan Bell could get a hand up, at least that would be something we could get a handle on to know if he could actually it, stop. That would help. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it might, it, it's really frustrating. I know that Rod Adams must be really frustrated watching that, where he's kind of like holding his own a little bit, but then he just shoots a jump hook. He doesn't even put a hand up. It's like just try at least, you know, get that hand up. So I don't know. So we'll, we'll, we have some fighting words on a couple of things. I don't think that Steph. Yeah, we're gonna. Can, I, can I, do that well on Isaiah either. Look at like, footage. You know. That's, now again, so that's one of those things. I think one of the things that we. That we talk about, you know, we we think Clay Thompson is a good defender, but against guys that are ultra quick like Isaiah Thomas, I just don't I don't know if it makes sense to switch Clay. I mean, his length helps, but Isaiah Thomas is so quick and runs off a lot of screens, kind of like Clay Thompson. So I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to have him. Uh, I think Steph makes a little bit more sense. Um, and then I don't know if you noticed this tonight, but I saw a lot more DHO action from the Cavs than I'm used to seeing. Like last year with Kyrie, you just didn't see a ton of that. Um, so we saw a lot of that tonight with Isaiah Thomas. Yes, we did. And that, and I, and by the way, it's no shame that like Curry can't keep Isaiah Thomas in front of him because nobody really can. He's good enough to get by a lot of those guys and finish those. And he had a, he had one like floater. I just don't know how he does it. I'm taller than him. And he had a floater like over KD, who was completely extended, and it was a nice. Was that the one that was uh, off the off the glass? Maybe. It's just I don't know how he does it. It's really one of the more impressive things like I see all year long is when he can do that stuff. But again, yeah, he's not rusty. Is a good term for it. I don't know. I don't know if I see anything with the hips necessarily uh, that would possibly be bothering him. So, and we haven't heard anything about it as far as I know. So, uh, interesting stuff. But again, I think it was a it was it was a good game. I, and I do think that the Warriors cared and they were intense and they they was in playoff atmosphere. But it was just one of those things where they're just too good. They're too good in, in transition. And um, you know, if Kerr if if Steve Kerr wants to like get on them and, and make them stop throwing the cross court passes like that, uh, if they ever did and heeded that advice, then the game would probably be uh, a lot. Uh, it would be over a lot earlier. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, again, though, like you got to get those Kavon Looney minutes in there. 
you you right. gotta you gotta you gotta play like fourteen guys. Right. Actually, they didn't play fourteen. Um, but well, you know what I mean. Like yeah. Oh, oh and then you, do you really gonna have Steph and uh, and Curry? Uh, sorry, Steph and KD out at the same time for those stretches when you don't in need to. I know quarter. you want to give Clay some run, but right. I would just play around with that a little bit more and let like Clay and KD play together or something, and then Draymond and Steph sit. I don't know. Um, th- those lineups make me concerned. Um, does Caspi change that if he's in there? Like I don't know, maybe. Um, Maybe. Caspi's been a kind of an issue for their offense this year. He's cutting a little bit too much into like driving lanes and stuff like that. I really feel like like they need to have a sit down with him and say, you know, hey, um, when you're weak side, feel free to move around. But don't get in the way when when we're driving to the hoop. Um, And he tends to like bring his extra like the extra defender. I'd almost like to see Caspi just be a spot up in the corner type of guy. Oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't, again, just like we don't want to limit them on their threes because that's what they do. You don't want to like limit him to that. And, you know, I, I, I think they get a lot of great stuff out of that, but I, I see what you say a little bit on those. And that's probably just what the rest, the rest of the regular season is going to be is him slowly figuring it out when he can get, go sure. when he shouldn't. Um, but, uh, and then his defense will make a difference as well. So uh, a lot of stuff here. I'm, I'm kind of trying to sweep through the YouTube comments to see if we have any good questions as we have our buddy Jigglopuff is keeping it real in there and getting rid of all the uh, trolls. So, um, Dave, do you have a good question that you can see um, uh, from Twitter or, or, or uh, Periscope while I scroll here? Let's see. No. I got, I got a little caught up because now I'm, I'm on Synergy pulling up uh, Clay Thompson defensive Oh, you footage. Multitasking. I mean, you got good me for you. Um, All right. Still shows me though. But anyway, I want. Yeah, to yeah. Know. I'm gonna. Don't worry. It's coming. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have anything. Um. All right. What's up? I too real. Who wants to know? Uh, he asked me to answer him, so I'm answering you on there live. Let's have a little interaction with the fans here, uh, with the audience. Well, here's uh, one that's not related. Not related to tonight's game. Uh, from from, uh, Brady Klopfer, uh, of B Ball Breakdown. Uh, based on uh, what we've seen so far this season, who do you think has a higher upside, Lonzo Ball or Lowry Markkinen? Um, wow. I think Lonzo does for sure, but I, I can't tell you how much I love Lowry. Like, yeah, you know he's so he, he's looking so good, and he, you can see that there's a lot more that in his game. He he can be the next Dirk, but like I, I, I okay, I know you'll remind me that Dirk was a really good athlete when he was young, and, and we he all was that. yeah he really was, especially so, in the open court. Yeah, but he might be like a better ball handling version of Dirk too. Like I think in that, that that by the way that might just be a factor of him growing up now, where like he just got a lot earlier uh, run at, at doing those things maybe that than Dirk did, but. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I still think maybe Lonzo, but, man, is Lowry great. But, by the way, interesting thing, I have a couple of videos coming up. One, uh, as a little teaser here, uh, one is coming out tomorrow, and it's talking about assists and how they are uh, given out and whether or not it's um, BS or not, I suppose, is the right term. Um, and then I do have another one because, guess what? I have a provocative uh, video, and in a short, uh, short, what do we call it again, um, uh, small sample size theater, I have a video that might have an argument that Lonzo isn't the best uh, rookie guard in Los Angeles. What? Yeah. Oh. So, and I might even have that, that player on the show to discuss it, too. So I'm very excited about that. But uh, I'll keep that under wraps, but I want to tease that a little bit. Uh, it's a very small sample size theater, but I tell you, um, it's, a, it's an interesting question right now if the guy continues to do what he's doing. So uh, be, be uh, tuned in for that one. 
Uh, and then I, can I throw another question now? Are we ready? Yeah. Bryce F. asks, uh, Coach Nick, do you think that having Love play center has helped or hurt the Cavs? Now, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that they sort of have to do it because uh, of the way they have, you know, Wade, uh, sorry, well, Wade coming off the bench and Isaiah. But um, I, don't, I don't think it hurt, helps them. Well, it probably is neutral. Wouldn't you say it's kind of neutral because he does a lot of great things from that position on the offensive end, and then he gives it all up on the defensive end. They're somewhat, somewhat close. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think he I, I think he helps them on offense and doesn't necessarily help them on on defense. I, and I mean, that's eye test. Um, I haven't looked at the stats, but I do know that the team is better with Kevin Love on the court than it is with Tristan Thompson. So far yes. this year, but and Tristan Thompson has not really Tristan been healthy. Thompson? He what hasn't been healthy. To Tristan Thompson that got every offensive rebound would block. He hasn't some been shots. healthy. He hasn't been healthy, and so like I hate to judge him on a season where he really has struggled with health quite a bit. Um, but it is what it is. And so far this season, he hasn't really, you know, he hasn't really done what you want out of him. And you think he's because he's, in, he's injured. He's hurt. What's he I hurt? think, What's I hurt? think it's an, uh, he's had a knee issue and you know, for a guy who's living on the, on the glass, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. By the way, I just, uh, uh, shout out to Ryan Hicks for grabbing, at least one clip of Clay Thompson defending Kevin Love. I actually have a bunch um, that I just grabbed off of Synergy, but uh, down low you know, the post is what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is what. Listen, man, Clay Thompson is stout. He is stout. I think he just, you know, I mean, you've seen him in person. Like he's he's a thicker guy than you'd think. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you have to show me because in my mind's eye. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I can't picture those plays, and then I can just picture, you know, Love just lowering his shoulder, you know, backing him down, and um, uh, and then you know doing a little jump hook or, or whatever, or forcing him to double. So uh, if you see that, and you see him stopping him easily, and you, how many plays do you have of that? Um, I've got a few. I'll, 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 I'll let's just put the it this way. Last year, yeah. So post ups in the playoffs last year, uh, opponents were two of eleven against Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson okay. is a surprisingly good post defender. Okay. No, I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I mean, I guess we're, we're not surprised. He doesn't have to do with that much, but okay. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's regular season. You know, just throw it out there. See what happens. Right. Um, Jordan like, Bell wasn't going to do it. Okay. Well, that, as we start to wrap, wrap up thing. here. The, Plus, the, you get the cross match. Oh, right. On the other way. Right. Which yeah. is helpful. Right. You know, although it, you don't get the... Clay will be stuck under the basket on the rebound and then doesn't get out necessarily uh, as easily. But but maybe somebody maybe. else does. Maybe. I don't know. Um, well, How about as Clay as a trail on, on for a trail three? Okay. <laughs> well, isn't isn't um isn't someone out there like a three and D guy that could that they could trade for love? There's nobody out there that they could get who could be much I mean, better on defense and the, shoot some. Threes? That was the thing when they got Crowder. Right. Like right. We, we really thought Crowder was going to be that guy. And I don't know if you if you watch like the very first possession of the game, it just it, it was apparent he wasn't going to be able to hang with with KD, KD on the wing. Yeah. Um, right. You know, and, and this is one of those things where like he had Jay Crowder had a hell of a summer um, in a bad way. And so, you know, I, I don't know if he's still he's still working his way back in. He looked better after, you know, when I.T. came back, at least offensively. But the defensive stuff still in there. He like he looks like he lost a step. Yeah. And there there are a lot of Celtics folks that that have been telling me that this is 
this is something that the Celtics team sort of was covering. You know, like with with their their defensive rotations and stuff like that, they were kind of covering up for this for this Crowder sort of uh, you know loss of a step. So I, I wonder if that's if that's a little bit if there's more to that than than what we just are assuming. Like, it, it, has this been maybe a couple year decline? Um, and and the Celtics were just so good at at masking it, we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I know one thing that if uh, if they're gonna have Jay Crowder on KD. KD is probably going to be the Finals MVP again. Uh, yeah, well, th- you know, he didn't he didn't go crazy tonight. I'm really, sorry, crazy. Nine for sixteen, thirty-two points, five rebounds, <laughs> eight assists. That's pretty crazy. Did not actually. go crazy, it, but it was a pretty smooth thirty-two points. Like it was eight assists, right? It was a very much like a yeah. in the flow. It didn't yeah. feel like a thir- loud thirty-two points. So that's it pretty impressive. No, um, it was- let's let's close with this because I'm curious about your thoughts. Uh, you know, to me, it feels like Kevin Durant is the guy they need to guard. Um, I'm sorry, LeBron James is the guy they need to guard Kevin Durant. It seems like that's their so. best option. And, in fact, I, I might even do a video, and, again, I, I, I'm just going to be attacked for being a hater, but, you know, for, for as much as they hide Steph Curry on defense, they kind of hide, hide LeBron. Like, he never doesn't guard this, the, the other guy. Now, again, I get it. He's got to do so much on offense that he can't, he, you can't expect him to guard the, the, you know, the, his position if it's like KD. I get it. Uh, maybe he should do a little bit less on offense uh, for some more energy. Um, but, but here's the, the the crux of the question is is they they keep him off of a guy like KD so then he could be part of the help defense and swoop in and stuff like right. that. I don't do. What do you think about that? So I understand it um, against almost everyone except for KD. Okay. I think LeBron has to try to guard KD, and and I think that you could put Jay Crowder on Draymond Green. And allow Drake uh, uh, Crowder to to sort of be the the help guy that you want LeBron to be. Now his rim protection is not going to be there. Um, this is sort of you know where they're dying on the offensive sword, right? Like they're they're playing Kevin Love, so they don't have Tristan Thompson's rim protection and and defensive rebounding. Um, not that Love is bad at it, but he's not the athletic guy that that Tristan Thompson is. And so I think that they're going to. I actually think that they're going to go out and make a trade, and I feel like DeAndre Jordan is is probably going to be the guy they trade for. Um, I really think that they will feel like that's what they're missing, and I don't know if DeAndre Jordan's going to move the needle for them against the Warriors. Now, against the rest of the East, I think he does, but I don't think he will against the Warriors. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think I think it makes a lot of sense to have LeBron guarding KD instead of being that help defender. Um, but then it's tough, man, because Steph Curry is so good at the basket. You know, mm-hmm. I like okay, so KD can hang out and and just drag LeBron away from the basket on the on the uh, weak side, and, and he's not or on the strong side even, and he's not going to be able to help on those Steph Curry drives. So. Right. Um, well, I don't know. There, there is no answer, which well, is the problem. There they need be. Kawhi or Paul George. Right. You know. Well, there could be an answer if they don't even have to make a trade, which is I don't know why they don't start Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and LeBron James in the front court, and just move Jay Crowder to shooting guard alongside Isaiah. Get J.R. Smith off the bench or something like that. Uh, now you don't have Kevin Love having to deal with that. Now Kevin Love. Now who would he match up with at that point? That's kind of interesting. But you know he could probably guard. You, you put uh, Tristan Thompson on Draymond, and then you have um, – I mean, here's the question. If they start that, then they could probably start Zaza, and then you can put Love on Zaza, and they don't lose anything at all. 
Right. Um, so that's interesting as well. Now, that, that said, we don't know if Steve Kerr is going to want to do that. He might want to just force the issue the entire time um, to get Kevin Love on the bench. How many minutes did Kevin Love play? He played 26 minutes. It's, it's low, right? He usually plays more than that. Yeah, and that's the result low. of them going so small. So Crowder uh, played 21. Yeah, and Crowder played 21. So who was getting the heavy minutes? I mean, LeBron got 36. Was Jeff, actually, Green, I, Jeff Green had 26. Wade had 25. Now, LeBron played less than his normal minutes, too, which is also interesting. Uh, and I think that they were able to scrounge out a couple extra minutes there when, the, when that bench unit got them the lead in the second quarter. Uh, but it, to, to be fair, that same units, I think they were almost the same five against the same five in the fourth quarter to start, got them, got the lead back for the Warriors. And that's, that's when you want it, in the fourth, not in the second. So, well, Dave, great show. Thanks for joining us out here and everybody out there. And um, don't forget, sports fans, at Beatball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. You win, Dave. Yes, I am.